we implemented Profit First about the same time that I came on yeah. to Simple CFO because I realized, okay, we have all this credit card debt. The idea was 0% interest credit cards. Right. We'll pay them off. And then we never paid them off because we just kept buying more houses. <laughs> and it's it's great until you go bankrupt. Right. Like you can you can use leverage and, you know, use that home equity line of credit and all that, which is great. But at some point you have to pay that off. If you're a real estate investor who's sick and tired of living deal to deal, then welcome home. Hear from everyday real estate investors just like you and discover how they've completely transformed their business by taking a profit first approach. This is the Profit First for REI podcast, where we believe revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. It's time to start making profit a habit in your business. So here's your host, David Richter. Continuing our CFO series, we have Tiffany Vogel, which is a real estate investor by background and learn how she became financially free through real estate investing, but then also helping other people get out of their rat race as well too. And how she went from feast and famine in the real estate world and turned that upside down and having young kids at home and wanting to be there for them. Just a lot of good things. This is not just a big pitch to come work with Simple CFO. This is about how this system is changing lives on all sides of the coin, from CFOs to real estate investors to then the implementation and actually seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So I know this one is going to be one that you enjoy because Tiffany is amazing, a great speaker, educator, and wants to help you achieve your goals too. Enjoy this episode. Hey, everyone. Super excited. We have another CFO here, Tiffany Vogel, that's part of the Simple CFO team. And also, she's this is cool because she has a real estate investing background and she has her own podcast as well, too. So we'll talk about that. But Tiffany, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I'm excited to just get to know and have the audience get to know you more because in this CFO series, I want people to know like the people we're working with behind the scenes, what kind of experience they have, where they're coming from, and then also just their journey, you know, as well, too. So why don't you talk about since I, I guess tell your journey. I don't know yeah. if you started in real estate investing or on the financial side, but like I'd love to know like what got you started with everything that you're doing now. Absolutely. I pursued an education in finance. Got my undergraduate degree and then got a job working as a sales analyst. Nothing remotely related to finance. And then pursued a career in data and analytics within hospital food and uh, housekeeping. And it was a great 10-year career. I wound up getting my master's in finance at Georgetown. So I have all this education in finance and never used it professionally. Um, Started investing in real estate because my husband had a house that he got on a VA loan and he wanted to move. And this, our, our second date was us spackling and fixing up his house so he could rent it out. And <laughs> that's great. He was the worst landlord. Like, he'll tell you, it was so bad. There was thousands of dollars sitting in cash in the garage for him to go pick up that the tenant just would put the money there. And there was no system, no process. And wow. I started Googling and I was like, hey, this bigger pockets thing, like, you should not be doing it this way. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, did he listen to you? He did. Yeah. Okay. So we wound up buying a couple rentals while we were just engaged or maybe not even engaged. And somehow he wound up owning my house that we lived in uh-huh. without taking over the debt. Like uh, he had an yeah. attorney do a quick claim deed for us yeah. and put it in his name and took me off. So it was just like, you better not mess with me because now we own all these houses <laughs> and I really yeah. hope you don't leave me with all this debt. So Yeah, that's great. Oh, man. 
That's yeah. good stuff. So, okay, let's back up. Why did you even get a degree in finance at the beginning? Like, what are you that uh, type of person that loves the finance and loves yeah. to go down that road? Absolutely. I love the spreadsheets. I'm I'm the math nerd. Yeah. And then getting into analytics in my career was more of the visualization of the data. So okay. I really enjoyed that. It was ma- taking the numbers and making it something that a CEO could understand. So it really, uh, it sense. helps in my CFO role because... I'm working with a lot of those visionary types who are more of that CEO type and yeah. uh, being able to translate a ton of data and numbers into something that's digestible. I yeah. just enjoy that a lot. Okay. Well, that's cool. So let me ask this. Did you have parents that were like finance oriented or like what, how did you know that I love spreadsheets? Was it one day in high school? You're like, oh, this is a cool software. Or, I don't know. Like what made you even go down that path? I've always been a math nerd. Like okay. I remember getting library books and taking the barcode yeah. and writing out the numbers and doing long division off the barcode just for fun. Oh, so, okay. yeah. There you go. And then you said <laughs> finance. That just is more of the numbers and yeah. that type of stuff. So I want to just figure that out. Absolutely. Okay. So then you even got your master's in it as well, which um, was yeah. the master's after your sales analyst position? Yeah. So I worked as the sales analyst and then got I, the master's led to me getting into analytics which yeah and like the master's of analytics wasn't really a program at the time so yeah. it kind of pushed me into a different team within the same company so all in all i had a 10-year career and then we left or i left my career um as soon as our first son was born and we just live off our rentals since then oh wow cool how long ago was that um he is two and a half now so wow that's cool. So then what? You've seen the actual real estate investing work for you guys where now you yeah. don't have to work like uh, I, W-2 or have to right. go into an office at this point. Yeah, so. exactly. And the the process was, you know, I don't have to work, but then we had a second son and I was like, oh, I miss like having some adult thinking time, and, like <laughs> right. doing the numbers. Yeah. And there's only so much analysis I could do for our rentals. So I started going online and Googling and your name popped up everywhere all of a sudden in my Facebook feed from like different conferences and like friends were talking about you. Yeah. I was like, let's go see what this is about. And then I actually scheduled a sales call with your team just to get info about becoming a CFO. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... I can't remember that. And then it was like, hey, no, we need to talk about on the CFO (laughs) side. So that's pretty cool. So, okay. Then real estate has played a pivotal role in your adult life now on this side and being like, okay, married and now having kids and being able to to work from, do what you want, basically, if you want to work from home or if you want to spend the time with them. But yeah, I, I, th- I also understand the wanting to have the adult conversations because that was definitely something my wife and I, like I was working from home and then I'd be in the office or whatever and she'd be like, I need to talk to you. Like, I can't just take this. It's like got two-year-old babble all the time and then, you know, they're not yeah. regulating their emotions very well at that age and stuff. It's like, what's exactly. going on? So yeah. I totally understand that. So, okay, that's cool. I, I like how you got to this point then. Then, okay, what interested you about being a fractional CFO? Like, how did you, what, I guess, where did that come into play? Did you think about that before you got on a call with our team? Or was it more like, oh, this is what they're doing. I have this background. I'd like to leverage the skills that I have. Yeah, it's, I, I applied for a job with a prominent real estate investor and okay. they did not get my email. Like a firewall stopped it. Oh. And so they just took me out of the running for the application. And yeah. 
when that happened, I was like, this is clearly a sign that was not where I wanted to, needed to go. Yeah. And it was a heavy debate for me between taking on a full-time W-2 position yeah. and trying to find something that was a little bit more flexible and part-time. Yeah. And once I found Simple CFO, I was like, this is perfect because I like the time freedom that I have through my rentals. And with working with you guys, I'm able to take on as many clients as I want and provide right. a ton of value, but I'm not beholden to a 40-hour work week. Well, that's awesome. I love yeah. hearing stories like that. And then <laughs> it was cool that we were popping up and, you know, that's probably when the book started coming out, you know, like more popular and more mm -hmm. people were reading it. So that's cool too. So then you were looking to work with a real estate investor, but then this popped up and you're like, hey, let me use my finance degree and my real estate knowledge to provide. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Because that's where, this is so cool. Because like, if you're listening to this as a real estate investor, these are the type of people that want to help you if you are having the mental roadblocks on the finances. If you're thinking they're sitting there like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about the finances. First of all, thank you for coming to this podcast because you know we're going to talk about it. But number two, it's like we have great people like this who love the numbers and the spreadsheets when you don't. You want to go get the deal. So that's, okay, let me ask this. Is your husband then, it sounds like from what you've said, is your husband more of the typical A entrepreneur doesn't like to look at spreadsheets? Absolutely. Okay. We would have meetings once a week where we would do like goal setting and like talk yeah. through like the plan and the yeah. numbers. And oh my gosh, it was like contentious point in the marriage for a long time. We, we're on the same page now, but we, <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's great. Yes. Working with your spouse. And that's, you've got that great dynamic of one is definitely the a entrepreneur and like, let me just, let me stash the money in the garage or I'll just pick it up when, it, when I feel like it. And then you've got the other one who's like the down to the, the penny with the different goals and with the different aspirations. This is awesome. So I'm absolutely. sure that was, I'm sure it's been a journey that yes. you two have gone on together because, absolutely. yeah, well, it's, and you see, I, I don't know if you work with anyone now where, in, where both spouses are the same, either they're both analytical or they're both the A entrepreneur. And it's like, oh man, we got to get, <laughs> there's got to be some subbits here of like, you, you guys want to get to where you want to be, right? right like right. you actually do. And you know, there's actual steps. It's not just you think about it and it happens type right. thing. But I don't know if you've ever run into that situation. Yeah, but it's a challenge for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely a challenge. Okay, so then now working with clients and that type of stuff, what do you see or just because of your background in finance, what are some of the things that a lot of people struggle with from your perspective? Because obviously I teach and do a lot of that stuff, but I want to hear from your perspective. Like, I think we've already uncovered one Like with you and your husband. That was so great of like, yeah, we did the once a week meeting. Wasn't always great, but now we've worked through right. it. And it's like, now we're on the same page. What's some other things that you see, especially in this space, real estate investing? Yeah, You know, the thing that has popped up for me that's been the most interesting is you learn how to analyze a deal from another investor. Typically, we learned yes. a lot through bigger pockets yeah. and they talk about setting aside 15% of the rent or 20% of the rent for yeah. repairs and vacancy and CapEx. But there's never a conversation about OpEx and all mm. the operating expenses. And, you know, if you join a mastermind, where does that come from? You know, there's so many right. other expenses that go into the business that in a traditional deal analysis, we don't look at. So adding one property might not have a huge cost for you, but running a portfolio of 20 properties, there are some overhead costs. Right. That don't get accounted for in that deal level analysis. 
That's very interesting. And that is something, man, this is great. This is, I love having these conversations because that usually doesn't come up when we have it with, you know, like the owners and that unless they've gone down this road and they've said, I've got that OpEx bucket. And now I know that I need to be, need to make sure that we can run the actual business too and pay people and make sure that we can join the mastermind type things. But that's a great, that is a great point. I think that gets missed out a lot. You also said something that I think is very key. Where did most investors learn how to do their deal analysis? Like from another investor. And it's like, Mm -hmm. they don't, it's like, don't get the one-sided story, right? It's like, we want to make sure that you have, how do we run the business as well too? So that's really cool. Have you seen in the real estate world then, or what would you say? Why would most people live deal to deal in the real estate world? We, we feast and famine we and I lived and it in famine. our business too. Like okay. we, we implemented profit first about the same time that I came on yeah. to simple CFO because I realized, okay, we have all this credit card debt. The idea was 0% interest credit cards, right. we'll pay them off. And then we never paid them off because we just kept buying more houses. <laughs> and it's, it's great until you go bankrupt. Right. Like you can, you can use leverage and, you know, use that home equity line of credit and all that, which is right. great. But at some point, you have to pay that off and you have to have actual reserves instead of throwing all of your reserves at the credit card or there was just no system for us. And we opened our bank accounts and we have our money flowing. And it's in, it seems like we have so much more money all of a sudden and I don't really know what happened. Um, it's <laughs> it's cool talking to my clients and then seeing it in my own business and being yes. able to say like, hey, I know it seems silly to have all these bank accounts. But trust me, like you're going to look up one day and there's going to be money sitting there that you have no clue. It just appeared. Right. <laughs> like a lot of the people who say like, where was all this money going before? Right. <laughs> where I know. did this go? Uh, that's awesome. And I love that you've seen it personally because like you get to see it and then you get to implement and say here, like I literally feel your pain. Like yeah. I know where you've been. And then I get to also see the un- the other side, the benefits of where did this go? Like, right. what, 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 we have a lot more now than I thought. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we have to put a new roof on one of our rentals mm, and okay. the money's just sitting there, which is new for us. So it's a really yeah. good feeling. That is a really good feeling. And that is, that's what we want to bring to people. That's why I'm yeah. doing these special episodes too of our CFOs because they understand where you're coming from. Like that's who I want to attract on our team. The people that have been there that understand where you're coming from and like are living this right there with you, implementing these systems and you have financial freedom. Like she has financial freedom for her life to be able to help the real estate investors and get them to where they want to be. So now this is awesome. I love that and I love where you are. I see cash flow behind you, cash flow one oh one, the game. So when did you first start play that? Was that your husband introducing that to you? Did you find that Uh-oh. game? How did you what, who who was the one that brought that home first? That that used to be our date nights. We would sit with two computers <laughs> awesome. and play each other watching yeah. TV before kids. You know, kids yep. kind of take up a lot of uh, mental bandwidth. But yes, yes, indeed. we mastered the online game. the The real game takes so much time to play. It does. But you can play online super quick. So we yep. would just sit there and play each other. And it's interesting because you see how you play in the game and how it applies to how you run your business. Like we would take out loans to buy more rentals with the plan that the paycheck would pay off that loan in time. But it's, it's probably been 
I would say three or four years that we've been playing and yeah. look forward to bringing the kids into it as they get older. Right. Okay. Get the cash flow for kids. I yes. started Ellie. She's like six now and can actually read the cards and stuff. So now we've played it for the first time over the last few months. And, you know, it's just planting the seed. Like, Absolutely. what is this game, dad? It's like, well, we're going to teach you how to, how to get some deals, you know, and like just start that process. So that's what's exciting to me. It's then you're passing on this knowledge to a younger generation, literally the kids that are going to learn it from like a very early age yeah. and like the wake up that they can have of just yeah. knowing that stuff. And Absolutely. then they get to see you play it out in real life. Like right. you've got properties and you're like doing this stuff and you're helping other people. So I think that's really cool. So that's awesome. I, I had to say it because like yeah. it was right behind you. I also we, see uh, some other cool books too. We did a uh, cash flow night with some friends and their okay. high school kids one night. And I think the plan is to do a Casino Royale themed Ah, there you go really do it up make it a little fun party dress up and play some cash flow because we're nerds like that over here oh that's awesome well (laughs) you're talking to you know the the guy that wrote profit first for real estate (laughs) investing so it's like i i'm all down for that type of party like regular parties that you see out there no no this type of party this appeals to me very much so it's like i totally get where you're coming from so there was teenagers there did the teenagers get involved or like had their parents already taught them cash flow or did you teach them cash flow right from then? I think it was new for most of the people there. And okay. uh, it was interesting because at first they were like really resistant because it's a, <laughs> it takes a minute to get what's going on. It does. But yeah. by the end, they were like, we should buy rentals. <laughs> right. It's the light bulb moments. That's such, yeah. that's what's so great about that game is the light bulb moments you get to see on people's faces. But I'm sure that was fun. That had yeah. to be a lot of fun teaching them. Really so the other adults too. They, I'm yes. sure they were probably resistant, but then they they got into it as well as, yeah, as the teenagers. That's uh, cool. It's just, that's why I want this podcast. If you're listening to this, like just all the different ideas that you could do to make waves in your family and in your community. If you've got good friends like that, introduce them to cash flow. And you know what? If they start buying properties, introduce them to profit first. Make sure that they're keeping the money that they're making because that's what we're out here doing, trying to help people with that. And that's why Tiffany's was CFO and wants to help people keep more of that money they're making, just like she's seen in her own business. You see that? Like she's telling that she used to be feast and famine. How many people have I interviewed on here where we've talked about that, that they were either living deal to deal while we're on that episode or like they've had that in the past. And it's like, that's what we want for you. We want for you to get out of that cycle and to actually live in this abundance of like, wow, there's money. I have to do a new roof and the money's there. What? You know, like that's pretty cool. So here you you heard it here. Like we've got the CFOs on the team that also want to take care of you because they've learned in their own life how this works. So had you heard of Profit First before coming into my world, or was this new? Like when you started hearing about my stuff, or like did bigger pockets? I know Brandon was a big uh, proponent of Profit First. He liked it a lot, but I just wondered what your first exposure to it was. Yeah, I read the original book, okay, Mike's book, and it was great, but. we had a handyman business for a brief period of time. And okay. I I think the business was gone at that point when I read it. But I was like, yeah. this would have been really good when we were running that business. <laughs> yeah. And But I didn't think it applied to real estate. Yeah. So when all of a sudden my feed gets filled with you from just yeah. all of our real estate friends, um, we were in a Derek and Jeff's uh, mastermind group, Derek Gombeck, okay. so the yes. Circle yep. of Trust. Um, so we were part of that mastermind group. So when they had you in, I believe it was Cancun. Yes. You were just like filling my feed. We didn't go because of the little uh, kids. But okay. 
literally That's everyone awesome. that were in a you know in our yes. real estate circle was posting about how great it was. So I was finally like, okay, I guess I'll read the book. And then I read the book, and then I made the decision that I wanted to get back into some kind of more traditional finance work. Yeah. Instead of just managing our rentals, so it just kind of all cascaded at the right time, and. We okay. started implementing it into our business as yeah. I was going through the training with Simple CFO. So it all timed out really well. Yeah, no kidding. That's awesome. No, and I love that. And I love seeing that it's had a pretty significant impact, it sounds like, in a relatively short amount of time mm-hmm. as well, too. It also helps. Okay, here's, I think I'm going to ask you this. Did you Do you think that you've had good success with it because you've got you entrepreneur and you've also got the the financial side? too as well too. So you know how to make sure that you know your numbers, you know where the things are. Do you think that gives you a wake up to be able to implement this faster or do it better? Or I'm just wondering. No, honestly, I read it and was like, yeah, I kind of want to do this. Not really. And then I started looking into working with Simple CFO and that's when it really sunk in and going through the training. And I made the decision that if I was going to become a Simple CFO, yeah. I had to be doing this in my business. Yeah. Just from an integrity perspective, I couldn't go tell clients, hey, you need to do this if I'm not doing it myself. Right. So as soon as I made the decision that I was going to go all in and do it myself was when I decided to come on with the team. And going through the training that you guys put us through yeah. gave me what I needed to do it. I felt so overwhelmed. And I know you simplify things in the book, even with my finance knowledge, there's just a lot to it. Oh, yeah. And For working... Sure through the training and working with multiple clients. Like I see things that one client's doing that I can tell another client, Hey, what about looking at it this way? Yeah. So being an expert in finance and real estate finance and profit first finance, like it all kind of comes together where I think if I didn't become a CFO, I probably would have hired one because having that specialized knowledge and just the touch points Right. Exactly. And like you said, it can't get overwhelming because I, I get that. It's like there's a lot of steps to it and you want to do it consistently. It's no good to just set up the bank accounts and then just literally run it like you were running it before. <laughs> like right. just with that one bit, you know, all the money going in and out of one place. So and I just wonder now, I was curious because you had this finance background if it helped you. And it sounds like, well, no, like it's just about the if you do it and implement it and get it in place. And then if you need some help, get that help. But then also, if you're an entrepreneur, like you could go and do this, like go open those bank accounts and make sure that you can at least start the process, start somewhere, open up that one bank account, open up the profit account, do something there to make sure that you're on the right path. But now this has been fun. I I love having these conversations because it's like, especially this, this has been a lot of fun because you have taken this to a whole new level. You like you became the real estate investor, you and your husband. And then from there, being able to not have to work. And then being able to choose what you want to do, like whether you the W-2 or, you know, like to be on a team like us and be able to take the clients that you want, then to be also say, okay, we implement it full on. I love that integrity move too of like, if I'm going to teach this, I have to live it and then doing that and then seeing the rewards and then seeing it in other people's business. So I think that's a an awesome journey. And I feel like a lot of people, if you're listening to this now, just listen to Tiffany's journey. You don't have to be the finance expert. Like if you're not the finance expert, like she said, you might need some help. We can definitely help on that side. But Tiffany, any last advice since you're in the real estate world? Do you have any other advice for real estate investors that you've learned on your journey so far? I think as investors, we we get caught up in the ego metrics. And what really matters at the end of the day yeah. is not that number of deals, number of doors. You know, We have, I think, 15 properties in that 
pays for our lifestyle. So yeah. it's sometimes it's more about what you keep, like you say, and and what you do with it. Because mm. we were moved into our dream house right before our second son was born. And yeah. we just we've created a beautiful life off of 15 rentals. And if if the right deal comes along, of course we'll do it. But we're not hustling and we're just kind of enjoying life. So focus mm. on what matters. And that's usually your family, travel, something along that line and and just chase the right dreams and your goals and and focus on just one step at a time. That's incredible because that's that's a great message. You're living, you know, like a, all the different gurus in finance and personal finance gurus like Ramit Sethi or something. He calls it your rich life. Like that's what you're living yeah. right now. You're living your rich life. You only need 15 properties to sustain the lifestyle you want without having to bust your butt every single week. Oh, shoot, that deal didn't close. Like, oh man, what are we going to do? That's right. a good place to live. And it sounds Absolutely. like with Profit First, that some of those accounts are growing too. So that way yes. you can take a roof and say, okay, we got to do the yeah. roof. There's the money. You know, like Absolutely. let's do it. So that peace of mind. Okay. One final question. Where where would you tell people or what would you tell people to do if they wanted to implement Profit First right away? What would be like their first go-to? I would definitely reach out to the team with Simple CFO. If you want to not spread yourself thin and have another thing added to your plate. Like we're really big on outsourcing things and focusing on the things you're good at, like your zone of genius. Um, and yeah, the team's great. Talk with, you know, David and the team and find the right CFO for you because I know we make an impact and it's really neat on our team calls, hearing how, how it's helping other people. It's just, it's a great system and it will change your life. It's changed our life. And I see it change in my clients' lives and, I hope you'll take the step, at least read the book, but right. definitely open the bank accounts, talk to the team and just take action. Awesome. I did not tell Tiffany to say that. So just so you, if you're listening, that was not a paid advertisement here for <laughs> under the table type deal. But no, I, I appreciate that because we do. We do care. And it is like, these are the type of people you get to work with, like Tiffany, who is more honestly, I, for a lack of a better trip, like a financial coach plus a CFO. You know, like being able to say, I've I've been where you are and like, here's the steps that you need to take in order to see the success like we've seen and our other clients have seen. So if you do want to go there, that's simplecfo.com. Book a call with our team there. That's where we can help you. Just get uh, at least get the profit first thing implemented to make sure that you're keeping more of what you're making. You get to work with awesome people like Tiffany. And I have done this for any CFO series, for anyone who's come on. If you want to request Tiffany specifically, just make sure when you call in or you schedule that call, ask for Tiffany Vogel, see if she is available or if she has too many clients or doesn't want to take any more on. You gotta. That's why you got to see if She's available, but we've had several CFOs on here that you could take advantage of as well, too. Thank you so much for listening. And Tiffany, this was awesome. Thank you for being here and sharing your story as well with the listeners. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And remember, if you're listening to this, make profit a habit in your business and remember to win. Win the money game and what it means to you. This episode of the Profit First for REI podcast is over, but there are plenty more where that came from. Are you ready to learn how David and his team can help implement the Profit First system in your business? Schedule a discovery call at simplecfo.com right now. We'll see you next time on the Profit First for REI podcast with David Richter.